0: Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. Chris Pazuti is a board-certified music therapist in New York City at Mount Sinai and Beth Israel Medical Centers. He works with the Lewis Armstrong Department of Music Therapy. For those of us who are a bit older, the hospitals have merged. I thought it would be very instructive and helpful to learn more about music therapy and why it seems to be so successful. Sir, thank you very much for joining us and explaining the why and how your treatment is applied and some of the outcomes. Again, thank you.
1: My pleasure, and it's wonderful to be here. Many nursing homes
0: and ALFs have people who come in and sing, and they get the people singing and moving, and it's wonderful. Religious music is powerful. What is music therapy, and how is it different than these other very emotionally powerful musical experiences? Give us more of a definition of music therapy as a separate entity, if you could, please.
1: The one thing I just want to say, music itself, anyone can digest it. A music therapist will never try to gatekeep the way that people use music on a day-to-day basis. But a music therapist is an individual who is board certified and is trained specifically in how to utilize music in supporting people navigate the emotional experience of life. And music therapy, just like going to see a talk therapist, a psychotherapist, because to let you know, my practice is music psychotherapy. Each type of music therapy may have its own different methodology, different approach, different type of way of connecting with the clients that we meet. The interesting thing about someone going to a nursing home and playing music is the context of the presentation of music. With that being said, with an individual who's coming in to present music to any type of population in a nursing home, as more of a concert, the context is quite different. An entertainer, a musician coming in is really coming in for the benefit of just presenting music and hoping that the result is a shift of mood, shift of affect. Whereas with a therapist, we're coming in as a neutral party We're coming in as an individual trying to assess what is the primary need for this patient, and then as a music therapist, utilizing music intervention to support them as best as we can to process whatever they're experiencing.
0: That's a very interesting concept because people who do psychotherapy, people who don't understand the process of psychotherapy have, I hope I'm not overstating this, but I've seen it often oh, you're just talking to a patient. No, there's design behind this. You're saying no, absolutely, Absolutely, yes. How do you go about doing this? How do patients find you? Because I've noticed, and again, I'm bouncing a bit here, but they talk about at the Armstrong Department that you talk in the pediatric emergency rooms, maternity units, family medicine, mm-hmm. oncology. It's across the board. How does it manifest itself in, in your hospital? How do they get to
1: you? That gives me an opportunity to give like a history of the actual department itself. The department started in 1994 after our director, Joanne Lowy, was admitted into the hospital for several months. And during that time, she began to volunteer presenting music therapy to patients. And then just through, I don't know, magic, I'll say, she got connected to the Louis Armstrong Foundation, which began the very first clinic within the Beth Israel hospital system, and that started in pediatrics. And then just through being in that space, it has expanded and expanded and expanded. For example, my specific purview is at our West location where I'm primarily working with oncology patients, both in the inpatient and outpatient setting. To your initial question, how does one get referred? That in our outpatient setting is through our website, through referrals from other doctors, but in our inpatient location, we work in an interdisciplinary format. So we're talking and we're rounding with social workers, physicians, nurses, physical therapists who might be a part of a patient's care team. And that's really how, in the inpatient side, I receive referrals. On the outpatient side, it could be a referral from a physician noting that this individual might benefit from a professional support system, including music therapy. Or it could just be someone who saw our website and, and, you know, has tried different types of therapies and wants to come in and benefit from this form of professional therapy.
0: Where you are located in Manhattan is the hub of multiple multiple cultures, do you find that you have to be more specific about the cultural background of a patient or does the music pretty much, is it more universal? Because that's always intrigued me because the music that I know is the music I grew up with. Your thoughts?
1: That's such a really good question because that also brings back to your initial question about individuals coming into spaces, entertainers, musicians. Culture is such a huge part of our assessment tool in gleaning what would be most applicable. What would be, what we would consider the song of kin, which is a term that my director came up with. And that is specifically a piece of music that is salient to this individual that they may have grown with, that they have a history with this piece of music. And that really can be a connecting tissue between the therapist and the client. Culture is so significant in presenting music that will have an impact on the way that we're trying to connect with this individual. It's interesting that you bring up culture because let's talk about children specifically. I've done quite a bit of research on children and the way that they kind of digest music or digest the world In my work, I've come to find that a lot of children don't have the same connection as someone who has been in the world in their 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. They don't have that same connection to music, they actually have a huge connection to video games. And I found that video game music can be a really good way of entering their cultural state. When we really think about how culture comes into a person's identity, that can really impact and guide us as therapists in navigating how to approach certain interventions with them certain experiences that we can present to them to support them. I say this as a joke all the time, but I think it's so important to recognize that at a certain point within the hospice system, the majority of individuals that we may be working with will enjoy heavy metal and Metallica music instead of Bing Crosby and, and, and something from the 50s, the 40s, which a lot of what I remember having to learn about when I was going to my field work as a student. I always say it as a joke, but I actually am quite serious because there will be a time where that will be the majority of the population. So culture, the way that we digest music, is so important and something to really recognize.
0: What do you do then? I'm going to use a phrase that I came across many years ago,
1: that music (laughs) transcends
0: our usual vocabularies. When you are involved in doing psychotherapy with music, what are you doing to the patient, with the patient? What are you trying to teach them? What are you trying to connect? Even perhaps give us a a quick example of a typical sort of situation that is an appropriate use of music therapy. Because I, my concern, sir, is I listen to all this. It's wonderful. And, of course, I've seen it work. But people may not understand what you do.
1: Sure. It's, a, it's an interesting point to present again this is another type of joke that I like to present especially to interns when someone says music okay get it got the idea know the definition when someone says therapy get it know it understand the definition when you put them together something happens in the brain and so the one thing that I want to just address is that when I say I'm a music therapist they'll go oh yeah I do my own music therapy I, I play music in the car I listen to this when I'm angry. I listen to really up-tempo music when I'm going to the gym. And my response is, that's incredible. Music is quite therapeutic. It can be beneficial as a self-care resource. But my purview here is to support you in navigating, especially in an inpatient setting, navigating what your experiences, what your concerns are through music intervention. So for example, a patient that may have a history of trauma and really hasn't had a support system to navigate what has happened in their past, maybe it could be listening to a piece of music and analyzing the lyrics, maybe recreating a song that has a similar context to it, for them to process and explore. Really the essence of music psychotherapy is helping the patient, not so much trying to give them, this is what you can do to benefit yourself, this is an exercise, I'm here to facilitate an exploration of what this is, what's the meaning, where does this aspect of your life come from, how can you navigate it, how can you explore it and maybe come to a resolution, perhaps coming to terms with, or just really continuing that that exploration of what that is.
0: I would suspect that you have to do a fair amount of screening that someone who Mm -hmm. is psychotic may not be a candidate but someone who is depressed or phobic or maybe with substance abuse problems would be very much a candidate for this type of introspection using music.
1: Every time that we see a patient there's always a type of assessment that comes along with it and yeah I may go to see a a referral for a, a patient and determine, you know, this person is coping well. They don't identify music as a as a significant resource for connection for them. So I determined that they don't require music therapy services at this time. But yeah, absolutely. Someone who's dealing with phobias, substance abuse, complex trauma, the thing that I want to say is the main focus is trying to present A way of navigating these really intense, complex situations through this secondary agent that is one step removed. For example, so you say you have this complex trauma. Tell me right now about it. Let's navigate this in a more gentle way. And through that, we may find what was transpiring for them and then exploring a bit more through the music therapy intervention. It could be songwriting. It could be active music playing on um, drums and, and guitar and just really letting that energy come out. There's so many different ways of presenting music intervention, and it always stems down to the assessment process and what we think would be the most beneficial. And then assessing again and assessing again for the betterment of the patient.
0: And is there a rule of thumb about how long someone needs to be in music therapy I could see aspects of it could be like chronic psychoanalysis if you're continuing to learn something that's awesome is there a protocol you do it five times ten times or is that pretty much driven by insurance issues and length of stay at hospitals that type of thing
1: on the inpatient side especially in acute setting yes there's definitely a a finite amount of time that's applicable My focus on an inpatient setting is like what is the main need that I can identify with this patient because they may not be here tomorrow. So it might be presenting resources within that space so they can take something home with them. Maybe it's a breath exercise. Maybe it's a type of mindfulness exercise that they can bring home with the music that they enjoy. So giving them resources that they can bring, that's a specific thing. But in an outpatient setting, even in your own practice, you may have found you might have patients that have been with you for 10 years or some that have been with you for only one session or some that have been with you for only six months. It really is a case-by-case basis. That's where assessment or reevaluation comes in down the road, seeing how they're doing if they've come to a space where they no longer require therapy support. But it's not like you're getting it in an interval of 10 to 12 sessions and then that's the completion of it. It's really how long this individual truly needs the support. And some individuals that we've had at our clinic have been here for over 10 years and still require that support system.
0: It brings up in my mind as I'm listening to you, a question that I do not, and maybe many of my colleagues do not ask often enough. What role does music play in your life? How often should we, in doing mental health work, ask Uh what role music plays in the patient's life? I don't know that that's more or less a routine question, but what you're saying is that could open a door. That could be fantastic.
1: The interesting thing is I always think of myself when I'm thinking of my role as a therapist with a patient, is like a curious entity. I'm coming in there with a curious mind. I'm coming in there just wanting to get to know how this person explores the world. One fantastic way of kind of exploring that is a question like that. What does music mean to you in your life? How do you digest music? What is your music? And going from there and exploring with them, it's such a powerful inquiry to ask Because to some degree, each person has some type of relationship throughout their life at some point with music. It could be someone who's spiritual and has gone to church, and that was the music that they took in. It could be someone who was into Broadway, and their connection was my family would always go to Broadway shows, and and that was really a connecting thing. Exploring other avenues of a person's psychosocial experience. It's really such a fantastic question to present, and do you agree it does get neglected? And the irony of that question is when you're dealing with children who are like between five to eight, maybe even up to 12 years old, that question kind of befuddles them a little bit. They kind of usually will say, I don't know, because that's a general answer for them when I started to explore what are video games for you and you would see them just light up. Oh, I play this, this, and this, and this. And that was my connective tissue to presenting music from those video games to explore who they were as like a springboard. And then again, going into how is the best way to support this patient?
0: It's amazing to me. and, And what you and I spoke about before we started into the real conversation, is that I trained at Beth Israel, and yeah. I had the good fortune of some phenomenal, older, seasoned psychoanalytic instructors. And the focus was more on psychoanalysis type work at the time, and that's fair. There's a time and a place for it. But mm-hmm. I came across a term in reading in preparation for today that talked about one of the things about music is that it takes us to places deeper than our conscious memory.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's a feeling.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's what you're touching. You're touching some very core feelings and that could be very therapeutic at a time, but I have to ask, what Mm -hmm. makes you a therapist? What sort of training do you need? What sort of outlines do you have to work with in order to not mess things up more than they might or ordinarily be because you are dealing into some very deep psychological, shall we say, stuff at times.
1: Yep. That is a probably fantastic uh, question to ask because a music therapist, minimum, must have their bachelor's degree in music therapy. They must have their board certification. And for me, working in uh, New York State, I needed to have my licensure as a creative arts therapist to be able to provide psychotherapy support. So before anyone can even say that they're a music therapist and present music therapy intervention, they need to at least, especially in New York State, meet those minimum requirements. And that's not even enough in New York State. You actually have to have your master's degree in in music therapy, and in each state in the United States, you may find that their minimum requirement is a bachelor's and their board certification, but they might have other accreditations that you need to acquire to be able to practice. For you to be a music therapist, yes, there is a vetting process. You need to have a specific amount of hours obtained as an experience under supervision. You still have to continue to do supervision, continued education it's the similar scope as any other therapist you need to continue to keep yourself up to date and you need to have all your accreditations. Two
0: questions rolled into one. How is it being accepted as, as another legitimate mode of therapy and how available is it outside of New York city and big places like that?
1: I have the benefit of working in a in a hospital system that understands its role, understands music therapy's purpose in exploring beyond just the diagnosis, exploring the whole human experience. It's not the same in, in all spaces because of the confusion that a lot of people tend to present. For example, if a person comes to me and says, oh, yes, I do my own music therapy, it technically is. Yes, music is therapeutic. We do understand and don't try to gatekeep how you utilize music.
0: I live in Southeast Florida in the oncology department of one of the local hospitals. They do have art therapy and they do go into these other very important therapeutic modalities, but not enough. You go a few miles away, and it's probably non-existent. I have not been to every hospital within a hundred miles, so I can't say you know that I know a hundred percent for every hospital. It's not on the usual plate of options for many of us, and yet it has a definite and very powerful role. Is its popularity growing? Are people looking for it? Or?
1: Yes, it is growing right now. There's about twenty-six. 26- 1,000 certified music therapists in the United States to find a therapist in their local area. It's the MTBC Music Therapy Board Certification a website and someone can try to find them within their database. Yes, I do believe it's growing and one of the things that our department has truly done to grow the field and really support the idea of this profession being taken as seriously as any other type of therapy is that we do an extensive amount of research. Right now, we're doing a a research study on navigating depression, and that we're going into our fifth or sixth month. We have all these different populations, children, teenagers, college students, older adults with a mild cognitive impairment, and actual mothers and, and fathers and parental figures of neonates, and focusing on supporting them with music therapy and seeing if there's a correlation in navigating the depression, seeing if there is a positive impact. Another one that we're doing right now is a research study pregnant black women because their experience through pregnancy is quite traumatic and stressful. We're starting to get up the ground right now, and that's something that we've always done since the onset in 1994, bringing the science into music therapy physicians can wrap their head around it a bit more.
0: That's great. We need to know how to use it. I love the idea that you are developing what will be another tool in our toolbox to deal with these types of problems. This is great. I wish we had more time. Oh, wow. Chris Pizzuti is a board-certified music therapist in New York City at Mount Sinai and Beth Israel Medical Center's He works with the Lewis Armstrong Department of Music Therapy. He has taken us on a tour of a very exciting new area that's really not new. It's probably just new to a lot of us, giving us other tools to deal with all sorts of conditions and mood disorders and desperations and the like. And I congratulate you for the work, sir. I hope we can get together when some of these research studies come in and we can talk about that. And I just thank you very much.
1: And I thank you for the time.